I love New Haven from east to west rock. Trips to Lighthouse Beach to skip the best rocks. If you like good food, we got the best spots. Great place to make a permanent rest stop. A small city with the big heart of a lion. Innovative styles, architecture designing, friendly competition, grindstones grinding. A city full of diamonds and gems shining brightly. Daily, nightly, take a walk through the city in your Nikes. Talk to the kitties on the bikies. Graffiti pieces on Orchard and Henry. New Haven sharp like a Porsche or a Bentley. Creative art, life force for the century. Channel one black nerd, it was meant to be heard. Loud in the speakers preferred. N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. Pay a visit, stay for the weekend. Ride the city bus, come see the city with us. Then you'll see why I love N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. Pay a visit, stay for the weekend. Ride the city bus, see the city with us. Then you'll see why I love New Haven. I was raised here, learn something new every day here. Studied the ways, mastered the maze, caught the fresh fest back in the days. Catch plays at the Schubert, corner store arcades, we played Cupid. Street Fighter 2 battles on the Ave, Elm City always, world class. Champion breed like Bad Chad, got what it takes to get there. New Haven hold the belt like Ric Flair. New style every time we switch gears. Futuristic like four door Ferraris, keep it simple like joysticks from Atari. Exhaust like pipes on the Harley. Feel the spice of the nightlife if you party. N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. Pay a visit, stay for the weekend. Ride the city bus, come see the city with us. Then you'll see why I love N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. Pay a visit, stay for the weekend. Ride the city bus, see the city with us. Then you'll see why I love N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. Pay a visit, stay for the weekend. Ride the city bus, come see the city with us. Then you'll see why I love N-E-W-H-A-V-E-N. All right, we are live. We are live. Kevin Muhammad, good to have you, bro. Good to be here, brother. Good to be seen. Good to see you, brothers. Yeah, man. And uh, before we even start, man, you know, even though we're not in the studio, let me just say, you know, good evening. This is Moving Target. I am your host, Jay Kevin. With me, as always, is my comrade. Remedy Sharif. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, man. Oh, you didn't do the super the sensational Sunday, bro. I was I was getting to it. Okay, you know, right, right. ain't been feeling so sensational, but at the same time, they are, yo. You know Wait, what you, I mean? It's oh, I'm about to say you ain't been feeling sensational. So what you it's it's either not. in the back of you. Or you got the corona. Which one is? Nah, man. Nah, <laughs> neither, bro. You see the star, you know what that means, bro. But nevertheless, um, like I said, nah, they they they've been sensational, man. It's a lot of time for a lot of reflecting, a lot of building. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Well, listen, man. Um, it's good to see y'all brothers. You know what I'm saying? I hope everybody's doing well. Not just y'all, but everybody at home. Um I know that we've spoken a lot. Not, I'm not even talking about us. I mean, on every platform, you can't really go anywhere, anywhere without somebody talking about coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you Definitely. know, the thing, is, the thing is, is that before this happened, and Kev, you and I have spoken. Rem, you and I have spoken. Kev, I think we've done a couple shows on this. But Absolutely. before it happened, I always talked about the importance of us having a conversation about current social justice 
things we needed to happen now, things we need to fight for now in legislation. That's all very important. But it's the other conversation that a lot of people didn't like to have or wouldn't be as interested, which is the future, which is what does it look like for black people and brown people when it's a cashless society, when it's the singularity, when it's technology transcending biology, when algorithms are not just the new species, they are the way of everything. What does it look like for us in those situations, right? And I think now, because of what ha what's happening with this COVID, people are finally open to that conversation more. Where they're like, hmm, what does it look like? Because whatever it looked like two months ago is gone. That's right. gone, right? So with that being said, I wanted to start this series of conversations, starting with you, Kev, because education, when we talk about building a society within a society, education is so important. It's one of the first things we have to establish. How are we going to educate our kids, right? Um, and because of this coronavirus and everything, all the quarantine, I feel like homeschooling has been has been really highlighted a lot right now. And oh, man, I, that's all there is. I don't know if education is ever going to be the same. So, with that being said, I wanted to start this conversation off with none other than you know, uh, educator and CEO of Muck Mud Inc. Kevin Muhammad, what do you think the educational system will look like after the quarantine? Well, um, I don't think it's going to go back to being what it was. I think they may transition back to some uh, components of it. And again, none of us know. I talked to school administrators. Their job has drastically changed. Their job is even technology. They, they can't... Um, uh, they can no longer, I think they haven't evaluated teachers. They pushed that to the side because they're wondering now what do they look for. So what are they looking for in a good teacher, in a, somebody who's reaching the students? And the only thing they can do is track what's going online. And what they're finding is um, that they're finding who's who. I mean, they're finding out what... Um, parents are doing to support their children. And that's another thing too, is that you can give me a Chromebook and a computer. I wasn't following you in the classroom anyway, so now I'm just gonna walk away from the screen. Mm. Unless the parent says, go back and sit in front of that computer, you have to do that. So what we're finding, one of the good, the positive things I think is, is bringing back the focus to the home, which is the first, a component of education. Because you could have a teacher come up all day long. If a parent is not there to monitor their child, to make sure their child is uh, uh, tuning in to see what is coming in in terms of assignments, or you're just a, a, a young person who is really respect respectful of your mother and father, you'll do it because you know the consequence. Mm -hmm. So what we're, what we're seeing now that I like is it's putting the control back into the home where it should have never been taken from in the first place. So what yeah. do you Yeah, go, go ahead, brother. So, um, so what we're turning to is now, we're gonna find out how strong community really is. Mm. And we're gonna find out how weak the education system has been um, because we have actually taken the education of our children out of our hands and put them in the system's hands. 
And now we're going to find out that the system is not going to be able to do anything unless there's a strong home because it is homeschooling. And and as an educator that's that's educating online, basically I'm a facilitator more than anything, and I can only facilitate if the home allows me to. So right now the ball is in the court of the parents, the community, and the home. And I'm saying, man, if we got laptops, once this thing clears, four or five children in a in a classroom at a home that's suitable, where that's real community, and we'll listen to the teacher. We don't have to go back. We'll keep the education at home, which is my belief. And people thought I was crazy about four or five months ago, Brother Jay, when I was giving Facebook Lives on building home libraries. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember your libraries, how to set it up that is connected to the Connecticut state standards, how to take scholastic uh, uh, um, apps and level your books to find out what level your child is reading at and set that up in a bag that they can pick books according to their interests and how to learn what your children are interested in 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 order to um, influence them and encourage them to do more reading. I was trying to give those nuggets to the parents. Now parents are calling me. I got two calls. Do y'all take this? Do y'all take care for kids? Do you take? And they're they thinking about an alternative school system because I don't know how to handle Keisha and Jerome at home. They ain't listening. I need one or two hours of somebody that can give them something solid, and I'll support that. Do, so, you, do you think what parents are doing right now, would you call it homeschooling? It depends because there's some parents who've been getting down from their day one. They've been holding it down from day one. They've been sitting and saying, listen, from the hours of three and four, we're going to read. From the hours of four or five, we're going to do math. I'm going to check your homework. I need to go up in power school and all of these other um, um, portals and see if you did your homework for the day. What quizzes and tests you got coming up? I'm going to email the teacher. What is he deficient in? So there's been parents that's been holding it down from day one. Those parents are going to be all right. And anything they can't figure out, hey, I got some pre-calculus. You know I don't get down. I don't mess with that. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Well, I have a teacher here who, you know, is a math teacher for a certain fee or whatever like that. Or we'll make it happen with a group of children. We'll teach pre-calculus, calculus, or some reading instruction. But that's, it's always on the parent. The, the ball's in the parent's court. You know, one of the things that I, I was saying for a while is, you know, Knowledge needs structure. So you can't just throw books in front of a child and say, go ahead, go for self. You've got to have a schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're a parent with structure, that child knows that I'm home between four and five. It's time to hit the books. If I play ball, I might be able to play ball between 2.30 and 3.30, but I know where I got to be. So the structure is on the parent. I think that's where the biggest challenge is when it comes to homeschooling is a parent, number one, having structure for themselves. I think if a parent doesn't have structure for themselves, I don't see how they can homeschool. Right. And finding the structure for the child, they know they have to balance all these other lifestyles. So what do you think would have to happen right now in order for homeschooling education to work after this COVID crisis passes? Well, one of the things that I, I don't know, I'm in the mental health field. I'm, I'm a, um, right now, uh, I'll be entering at the, um, 
end of the summer, my clinical year in social work. It's a new phase of my life. Uh, I don't even know how I got here, it's following a journey, but I've been an educator for years. I've been in the classroom, I've been an administrator, I've taught summer school, I've did um, community programs, or, you know, in, in places where kids running back in the building because they're shooting outside. I had a little bit of everything. So one of the things that I'm realizing is that in order for us to be productive, we gotta have we gotta have a schedule. So one of the the, the, the university has asked me to put together um, some virtual live interactive classes, whether students will come on or not. And they said, no, we're gonna open it up to everybody, not just the university, but you're gonna come from the university. And one of the things that people struggle for, for um, from is structure. Yes. The reason why my daughter is top-notch reader is because she always saw me with a book in my hand. That's just bottom line. Whatever I do, they're not gonna do what we say, they're gonna do as we do. So if you you tripping over champagne bottles at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, your kids might not trip over champagne bottles, but they're sure enough gonna be on PlayStation and just following your lead. So that we have to create a schedule now. Some I was talking about a sense of normalcy. So <clears throat> you get up at eight to 8.30. Y'all do your, you know, you your reading, your meditation, whatever you do, your talk. You gotta talk to your kids. Yes. So, and then from there, we're gonna figure out a schedule. We're here. I'm gonna help you. Nine to nine thirty, nine forty-five. There was a sister that was saying she educates her children for six hours. I said, no, sister. They do that in the school because there's a lot of interruptions. There's a lot of cut-ups. There's some gym. There's some other things. But if you are focused for three hours, and remember, education includes world experience cooking and nutrition, exercise and fitness. You can do Netflix, but do something educational on Netflix and have them write a report. I actually, uh, for Black History, because I had to create my daughter's schedule. So for Black History, we did, uh, you know, she always mentions the, the traditional ones. I mean, her favorite is Angela Davis, you know, as far as Black History, Black leaders, but um, hip hop and, you right. know, Evolution and hip hop and and the get down, those are rich two, history. those are two great resources right. to teach hip hop history, teach black and black history. You know what I mean? Right. And you could use right. them at a different level. Right. Well, the other thing, the other thing, brother, is that the other day I was doing some reading and research about these generations. We from what was called Generation X. We have a certain type of way we learned. Then you have what are called the millennials. Millennials, uh, I believe, are from like ages 10 to about 30. 30. 30. Yeah. Uh, this generation is, you know, they're interesting generation. But now you have what are called the alpha kids. Yes. Alpha kids are people, the young people, that if you put an iPad in front of them at three, boom, they hit that, boom, they on, boom. You, we, There's no going back. You cannot try to stop technology. I hear people my age saying, no, we're going to lock off technology. These kids are born That's with, it. they're born with iPads and iPhones and, you know, they multitask. They, that's, that's the world we live in. And as much as we try to say, man, I'm going to meditate, shut off this iPhone. No, you don't. Because after you do your 30 minute, 
you getting a notification from Facebook, IG, and you on it too, because that's the world we live on. And even the conscious community, what we doing? We arguing back and forth, proving points, history, technology's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So we have to utilize it. And I don't think that you can sit a child at a desk for four to five hours because a adult can sit for four to five hours. Yeah, we don't even like that. We don't even like that. So we have to learn. We're going to have to learn innovation. And what's good about um, homeschool, and I've seen it in some suburban districts, they boom, they can hit a button and they can bring up to Timbuktu and they can take a stylus and they can light it up and then they can put in a year and it will go and play something from um, YouTube about Timbuktu. So you have your visual, you have your audio, you have your kinesthetic lesson. It took us years, um, Brother Jay, to go into a psych- encyclopedia and find anything. And you know, Encyclopedia uh, 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 Americana Britannica wasn't were kicking nothing about uh, Timbuktu that was actual fact. You would have to go to Dr. Ben and buy the book. Now you got all that online. So we're not supposed to go back. We're supposed to use technology to enhance what we have. So do you feel, do you feel like uh, there's... Educational. I thought I was hearing heard a feedback. Is the feedback from me or? No, I don't think so. Okay. Do you think there is an educational component for the parents that, in order for homeschooling to work, has to happen? You know, I mean, like, not every parent can be an educator. Right, but I also think that even the use of technology, when they introduce parent portals and they introduced Google Classroom, and they introduced Khan Academy, and now there's some Black people that are coming up with uh, Black history, um, using mathematics from a Afrocentric or ethnocentric uh, viewpoint. There's all kinds of great ways to teach. Parents need to be able to use the technology. Now, what we're, what we're what I'm experiencing in Bridgeport, uh, I got a call from assistant principal. Mm-hmm. They got the, the Chromebooks that the, the parents got to pick up. Parents don't have the internet. So the city's thinking, oh man, how can we find internet spots that they can hit, put in a username and password or whatever. So now they weren't prepared for this. And then the parents were given a class, offered a class on how to use the technology, how to communicate with teachers, how to pull up resources. So now parents, especially my generation, they've learned um, YouTube and they have learned Netflix, but they haven't learned to use technology from an education viewpoint. So now how how are we gonna fill that gap right now? That has to be. So what I'm thinking is that, you know, I want to invite parents in um, at Mud to learn half an hour, 45 minutes, how to learn the technology. There's a grandmother that came the other day, and the brother, which I don't really fault, was kind of, you know, kind of getting back by because the teacher had posted everything, but you had to go into the uh, uh, Google Classroom, you had to go into, they were linked to Khan Academy. And I said, oh, the teacher included a PowerPoint. Now I know what he's working on. We were working on exponents. 
And this young man, wonderful, but the teacher was teaching. He, he hadn't even tapped into how to do it. So I had to show him. Now, granted, it's me and him physically. And we're there and the grandmother virtually. So we're trying, I'm teaching, he's getting it. But if I never went in and found the PowerPoint from the teacher and pulled that down, I wouldn't know what he was working on. Mm. So this is why I think there always has to be a parent workshop, parent empowerment, really family empowerment in order for us to have real effective home school education. So we know that homeschooling education is crucial to do because we have to work. You know, I'm one right. of those that I would love to homeschool, but I got to work. Right. Uh, how can we think about moving into homeschooling with that being the case? Because mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that this is a rare time to have so much downtime. Right. You right. Know, one of the biggest ways, one of the most significant ways to torture somebody is a couple things that you have to have and don't don't ask how i know this but i just know you gotta be they gotta be naked so they gotta be vulnerable they gotta right. be cold and they gotta be sleep deprived we have been sleep deprived as a nation right right taking our sleep mm -hmm. we, especially those that are in lower class we gotta work so much you know what i'm saying right. and i feel like this is the first time we have this downtime do not have to work as much, but when this is over, oh, we get back to it. So right. what do we have to do now to get us prepared for that place where we have to get back to it, but we know homeschooling is possible? Do we have to, right. have to go to muck mud or, you know, how can we make that happen? Well, homeschool is set by the parent again. It is a schedule. Um, there is a, a, a sister who's Grandmother, actually, when I first started my tutoring, well, I, I started actually tutoring in the 90s for me as a, as a hustle while I was teaching in the community. This is the 90s. The grandmother was one of my students. She went back nursing. Now she's got grandchildren. The daughter is a nurse. But because of this all happening, she doesn't have the time. She has to physically drop her daughter. So we're at the point where we have a facility or we have different rooms and we can only have a certain amount of children for at one time. And this is muck mud. This is muck mud. Okay. Sanitize, make sure things are correct. The children are there. They, may, they don't even have any type of physical contact. They may see each other from another room, if that. Now, are they paying, are parents paying, um, and we could use muck mud as a model for nationwide, right? Right. right. So for Muck Mud, which is for supporting homeschooling and after schooling, right? Are parents paying Muck Mud to send their children there, or is it almost yes. as you would with yes. public school? Yes, but what I am is, you know, because I'm a community person, I work numbers. So if I'm not there, one of my teachers are there or whatever. So expenses and things have to be paid. But when you have a couple of people involved at a certain time. It's not as expensive as one-on-one -on -one tutoring. You, you meet with a tutor, it's gonna cost you some money. And But when we're community, we throw a little in the pot. So somebody like her, she's a professional nurse. 
she makes pretty good money. She, you know, she's an RN. So she's saying, since I can't be there and I'm making money, I'm going to surrender, not surrender, but I'm going to give some of this money over to make sure my daughter, who this daughter needs a lot of attention in certain areas of academics, this. The other person, I don't have as much. But when we have a pool that we're putting into as a community, then what we have is uh, a sliding scale, an understanding that, listen, we're putting something in so that we can put something in the pot. So these educators will get paid. We can buy ink. We can pay the rent. But this is community-minded. And if we think community-minded, like somebody the other day said, you need snacks, I got y'all. Y'all need water? I got y'all. That's not out of my pocket. A parent has given that. So I always think about community, where one person can put in 15, another person can put in 50. Uh, and so um, that's how I've been operating. Uh, there's some that can afford. I just want my child. That's it. Well, if you want that kind of attention, then you can afford that kind of attention. So, so let me dig more into this process, because one thing that I think we do a lot with our conversations, and I don't mean us, I think we, we've we actually, when we've, when we've tackled this conversation other years ago, you know what I mean? Right, right. We've actually went into the practical ways of actually doing this instead right. of a big, big idea, right? Right, um, right. So for this, it sounds like, number one, community needs to think, not just muck mud, but any other establishments that provide effective teaching and tutoring and homeschooling, right. we need to think about putting our resources into that place. Right. So we can have the snacks, we can have the funding needed for materials. But right. when it comes to the financial, the budget of the Board of Education, I'm not that versed as far as how the money gets brought to them. And I know that they say that we're broke and we don't have any money. Where does that money come from? And how do we now say, you know what, let's stop bringing the money to the Board of Education and let's start bringing it to places that are providing homeschooling? Is well, that here's a, it, yeah, so, so here's the deal. There's a lot of politics involved with that. And there are outside other entities that do what we do, but it's about bidding. It's about contracts. It's about who you know on city council, which I've done some of that. And people have said that the brother is out there I have met with people on like democratic town committees. I've had members of board of education advocate, but meanwhile that's happening, life is happening. It's almost like meanwhile you are trying to, you know, advocate for solitary confinement to stop, for recidivism to to lower. You have to go ahead and work and provide immediate services. So I'm always involved in that what I call political game. But I also think what we haven't thought about as a community is our empowerment. You know, I gave a talk this morning on Facebook Live and talked about force versus power. Force means that people move you. Power means you have the, old, the energy within to go ahead and become a power and make things happen. And then as you become a power, make things happen, you go and influence those boards of education. And uh, sometimes they have to see you doing it. And as a group, you empower yourself to go and say, look, we are doing it and you're not. And we deserve a certain amount of funds. 
So we started. It's almost like your nonprofit agencies. They want to see portfolios. They want to see who's doing the work before they allocate funds. So you're saying work. So these funds that are going to the board of education that go to these public schools, in order for us to really have a center for homeschooling be effective for parents, where parents can have more ownership over their education for their kids, in order to get those funds, they have to see first us as a community doing the work. Well, again, when, when the board allocates funds, it's almost like how Congress does it. They do it at a certain time of the year. So at the end of the year, it's all slated. But in the meantime, as we prepare, because they didn't expect this to happen. Right, right. Actually, most people weren't prepared. I almost, I almost felt like for us, this was, as I told the parents, I, was, I said, this is like for us divine intervention because we are already started homeschooling. But we're laughed at because people said this ain't real school, but now we're all forced to homeschool. Why is but, real school? I understand what under the guise of European teaching. Mm -hmm. But if you got brothers like you and sisters like, you know, even uh, Shanta Smith, who's a principal and, you know, right. teacher, you know, what makes that not real school? What, why do yes. it's not right. real school? So the re reason why it's ridiculed and when you try to educate your children at home is because we are, we, we, we've been brought into systemic education, not education, but systems. It's almost like when people say, oh, you're going to go ahead and open your own supermarkets, your own businesses. Um, I'd rather get a job, a real job at Stop and Shop. I'd rather get. So this is idea that we have that if it belongs to the system, it is indeed authentic and nothing can be uh, nothing can, can be further from the truth. It's almost like a brainwashing, you know, um, not almost, but it is brainwashing to think, you know, we used to say it and I'm going to just be real. Uh, our elders used to have, you know, back in the, the struggle used to say, you know, you, you believe that white folks uh, are bread is better. You know, it, 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 if it don't come from them, it's not real. If it doesn't come from this, you know, it doesn't come. If the study doesn't come from Yale. It's not a real study. If it doesn't come from Harvard, if it's not an Ivy League study and use those brilliant minds and we don't believe in it, that still exists systemically. Um, and so what we come up with is what I wanted to do is we've talked about this before, Brother Jay, is that I wanted to organize black and I have. But now they're ready to listen. Black educators who are degree, who are certified, that have the credentials, but come back and utilize that skill in the yeah. community. All right. I'm not saying, and I told them, some of you are scared, to, you know, scared or whatever. You don't want to quit your day job, but you have another mission because this is the community that you came from. And so if you came from this community, you have to go ahead, come back to your community and set up structures, systems education um my 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 idea in 2012 i started having meetings to have what was called a, it was called a better bridgeport and bridgeport to have education centers in every part of town so if they weren't getting it through um um services after school tutoring there were places set up and we would teach them how to read and how to write in your community centers 
you know, and I even wanted to go ahead and look at the data and do it. So I have had my eyes on community for a long time. Yeah, you have. Yeah. If we, if a parent goes to work, how many mothers do you have in that community that actually can teach? Fathers that can teach, that we can set up centers. If we're gonna use um, Chromebooks or whatever, a group of five or six kids receiving instruction on math, somebody else. Now there's a group I think in Michigan that's doing that. They set up an Afrocentric learning center, a homeschool. And the person that knows social studies, they came on like Tuesday between four and 6.30. The person that does math and they switch their times and some of them are still tied to the school system. So they've made it where there's all kinds of ideas to make it work. But now we don't have to worry about bullying, do we? We don't have to worry about fighting, do we? We don't have to worry about uh, overcrowded classrooms, do we? So all of the factors that they said make unsafe schools are out. Now we can educate our children. What, do you, think, what do you think about people who uh, oppose the homeschooling because of the, the learning component that comes from social conflicts? Like if a kid's not having that, working with a team, dealing with bullies, that they're not getting the other form, the informal part of education. What do you think about that pushback? No, what I've learned is that homeschooling. Now, when I first started, when I was a home, a lady had who, who's a, she uh, does professional development in New York. Um, and I won't call her name, but her, her husband's a very important icon in hip hop. Like his name is called like, even on hip hop documentary, you've seen it. They have a whole section on him. So, uh, and his crew. So, um, she hired me, but she was wise. She put up a schedule and in the schedule, she had people that would come and take them to the museum. Take one to soccer, take another one to gymnastics. So world experience is built. And what happens is that you can even have your lesson at a distance place. That's real distance learning. I've had a brother in the middle of the year his mother took him to Houston. He actually ended up eat, meeting Barack Obama physically. So now this child is traveling with his grandmother, but he's connecting with me on these planes, getting his lessons down. I'm FaceTiming him now, telling him what he should read, what he should study, sliding him his lesson. How do parents um, in, in, in the way of muck mud, and even for other homeschooling uh, centers, what about tracking? What about getting getting the test scores and the results that we can that you can show so they can move on to college and if that's easy. their easy. Okay. White people in communities have been doing this for years in suburbs. Homeschooling. They keep portfolios. And in the portfolio, when they cover the material, they have their assessments. Connecticut is a wonderful place to have homeschool because they're not specific with those uh, assessments, except they're on grade level. So you could pull them from free resources or paid resources. So if you cover something like in, maybe you're in a, a, a middle school and you are covering a unit on rational numbers, you teach the rational numbers, you come back, you might photocopy from a chapter quiz test or something online, you make sure the child knows it, boom, it's in your portfolio. So what we do is we teach parents, we open up and show them how to keep their portfolios. 
work that you've done. You went on trips, take pictures. It's tied to the state standards. You doing something on Native American history. You take a picture, boom, you slide it in the portfolio. You cover, you take attendance every day of what you're doing. That's it. You just have a regular book. You know, on Mar March 31st, we went to the museum. This is what we did. We take a picture in the portfolio. Tomorrow you uncover this. So it's basically just three. And you probably will get more done because who they gonna bully? I mean, who they gonna fool around with? And then you work, you can't do it. So brother, you know, uh, myself, you know, another brother uh, may have a car, white folks, soccer moms, that's what they do. The CEO of the corporation who she stayed home as a soccer mom would take everybody's children to the park. Who in our community, you know we got people. Come on, y'all pack up in my SUV, we going down to such and so and so and so. This is our learning experience. Now school becomes a true community again. I would trust I would trust more of the uh, the elderly women to do that. Of course. <laughs> you know? Right. To drive, ride bring all the kids to their practice and their games. You know? Right. I see that. Right. I see it all working, but and I see all the ideas, but uh, but I, I guess I know that once this is all over and the government is going to put things back in place and get things running again, we're going to try to adjust to the normalcy of it all. Right. And it's never going to be normal again. Right. But this, this is what's going to happen, Jay. Oh, really? What's going to happen, Jay? School works for some of the children. There's a lot of children that school doesn't work for. So those children are going to be looking at things different. I mean, I can get this on a computer at home. When I was putting together an alternative program for kids that were over age, undercredited, and were, ex were expelled from school or needed alternative placing, a lot of the resources were online. So when I put a budget together for the Board of Education, there were programs, there's one called Apex. It's got your reading, it's got your math, it's got your social studies units. It just needed a teacher to facilitate and they go through it. Once they go through it, it checks, boom, they pass the assessment. Mm. This is how they're going to educate kids who couldn't get along in the school system. Some of these kids, they say, were a threat. They were terrifying other kids, or they were in there, or they, were, they had a substance abuse problem, you know, or they were selling drugs in school. They could not uh, conform to the building standards, but we, we really need to educate them because they're 19 and they got enough credits just to become a sophomore. Those are the children that I didn't want just to sit in, because usually alternative school meant bad kids, you just give them a little something. I wanted, like the kid, I wanted them to have a superior education. Right. But I knew they weren't gonna sit for four or five hours at a desk. They were gonna have to go and learn. If we went to Amazon and we sat down with the people on Amazon and look, this is a business that has taken online purchasing. They have their own factor, factory putting things together. These are the different departments. This is actually shadowing experience that you can use in the real world. This is your course on Friday or one or two days during the week because you need real world experiences. We can tailor education in so many different ways now. Uh, and I think we're still at that factory model. They're going to still go back to Hill House. You're going to start at 830. You're going to go from Miss Jones class to Mr. Smith's class uh, to Miss Crabtree's class. And you know you mad as hell because it's boring. 
You know, you're you you rather be in the in the hallway. Y'all rather be on the internet chatting. So why don't we utilize where the minds of the children are for education? Let's 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 take out the classrooms. Let's bring in technology. Let's get them moving. Let's you know break down these big high schools like the Wilbur Cross. And we can't even imagine what school be looking like outside of these big buildings where children are just going around in circles, hanging around on Dixwell Avenue over here. Um, you know, over by exit six, I-91, doing what they got to do. Let's break this down now and utilize this new, like, introduce the, the parents to home system and neighborhood system and go back to that type of education, but with the technology. And it's also possible with that to think about how we hire teachers of, you know, you can hire teachers maybe even part-time with less pay if they are to cover maybe two or three classes. Right. Online. We right. got teachers that are in school. We got teachers that are online. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, See, I was talking to an, a, a, a school administrator, and I told her, I said, remember that teacher that we are interviewed? We know they couldn't handle the class because they couldn't handle Mother Tower tear that class up or such and such and so and so. You got three or four, five kids that you just know are, are disconnected, not engaged, and it becomes management. So you keep that tough teacher in there. We wasn't teaching, but you know, you keep them in there because they got classroom management. So now you can hire people that really got the content knowledge but can't handle the classroom. So you got different variations. It's what works for certain children. And I know there are a lot of children that would that would benefit by neighborhood, a community. Let me not say neighborhoods because Dr. Claude Anderson told us we got neighborhoods, but not communities. Communities Mm -hmm. are just that unified. Um, uh, neighborhoods where people are on the same, we're looking out for each other and, and have an economic base, a political base that reflects all their interests. So real community where our children are, and we return back to, you know what? That's, that's, that's you know, Jay's daughter. Matter of fact, this is what Jay's doing. You, you know what? His daughter wanted this. You got anybody in the community that, you know, she might be, in, uh, you know, what, what's called, um, Electrical engineering. Do you know anybody <laughs> doing that? Well, I'm, I got a friend that 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 has that works up so and so where she can spend a couple of hours a day and actually learn how to do this thing, rather than one sitting thing, in the building theorizing about what electrical engineering is. One thing that she loved was media literacy. You know what I'm saying? Like we we've always gone over media literacy, but I've never made it as like a structured course. Right. And so I did for, and she loved it. Absolutely love looking forward to learning more about media literacy and how media works and how all these companies own media, like all that stuff, man. And my right. thing is, if she goes to school, she's not going to get that. Well, I, I looked at, I, I was looking at a documentary the other day on Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. And there's a brother that um called James and Tume, you know, Biggie Sample Juicy, Juicy. That was his song. But I didn't know that he hung out with people like, you know, uh, Miles Davis and John Coltrane, all those people came around, came to his house. Wow. You know, Charlie Parker. So these are, what could you teach him in a school of music when his brother has already sat down with those greats? So you learn by those who you around and you study and you watch, you gotta have real life experience that's that, that couples with what you know. Yeah. Uh, what you, where you're trying to get and grow to. So I'm saying that that's missing from our education system. 
You know, we've gotten to the point. It's a real, it's a, it's it's outdated. It's antiquated, and our children can see the phoniness behind it because once they graduate, they know they're unemployable. I mean, they're not employable. And what could I do with you know a high school diploma from a Hill House? And I know some people are gonna get upset when I say that and say, I, mean, I went to Hill House and I was all right. Yeah, nineteen eighty-five. Right. In nineteen ninety-five. In 2025, that night that that will not be okay for most kids. You're gonna to have to make sure that they have a marketable skill before they leave. And then trial and error, have them try different things and find out what they like so they can go ahead and pursue. So you do know? you do you think then our future, do you think the government or the or the leaders that are you know over the board of education right now, do you think they're looking at a homeschooling model to adopt or implement? Or do you think you want to know the fact? I think they're forced now to look at distance learning, they call it, technology attached to the school. That's what they're looking at. They're looking at apps, they're looking at sites, they're looking at technology. They, they're not for us figuring out the community part. Actually, they're not from our community. You know, they're not community oriented. So I would say that what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to come together and look at a community lens. Um, the other thing is that now that I think about that, you know, with, with distance learning and everything else, one of the things that... Um, I wanted to write about, you know, I didn't finish my dissertation for education as ABD. I covered all the courses, had nowhere else to go, but didn't write the damn paper. So I can't call myself doctor at this point, according to them. Um, the, the university that I'm at is telling me that I need to put myself, put that ABD on there. I said, nah, I got too much ego. We're walking around with something that I didn't finish. But one thing I, my dissertation was supposed to be on social capital. The idea, I mean, this has been in my mind. Social capital is something simple as look at all of these students from Hill House that work at Popeyes, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts. When is the last time the owners from Dunkin' Donuts, Popeyes, or Mickey D's taught a business class? Because they're not teaching theory. They're teaching practical application, the real deal. When Russell Simmons... um started fat farming all that um he didn't just give money over to his children he put them to work in his business right. he put have runs children there and they learn how to market they learn there how to do it um i don't really like diggy's music but i know he's a marketing genius and he learned that from actual hands-on work you know you learn that from being a part of um, the field that you're working in. Uh, I've seen brothers who all they did was tape up that when they were doing construction, when they were doing sheetrocking, that was a big thing years ago. But they actually learned how to start their own, you know, in, in, in work interior. I'm talking about friends I grew up with and were able to maintain pay and home with very little education. When I was in college struggling, these cats were making $500 a week. We're talking about in the 90s now. So 
one of the things that I'm saying is social capital is if you can't find it in the um, actual school system, the paper that I was going to write on social capital meant we get it from corporations that are that that are benefiting from our labor and moving in our communities, sometimes not even paying taxes. Mm -hmm. So Yale becomes a part of social capital. What can they offer and come in and teach? Um, Amazon now. They don't need to just offer jobs. They need to be the instructor. They need to have a, a class where they're teaching this. Bezos and them know what it, what it, what, how it is to, 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 to uh, build and become a, 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 a market and to become um, self-sufficient and to actually grow a business. Um, so they need to go ahead and they need to become the teachers in the classroom and we have to hold them accountable because that's where we're spending our money. So social capital is, if it's not in the class, if it's not there, I talked to my mechanic and I told my mechanic, he actually tried to do this, to go in and offer his expertise and, and, and children that, were, that wanted to be involved in fixing cars, to be given those classes right then and there. And he did a little bit of that, but he said what happened was he ran into problems at home with the children. He ran into discipline issues. Uh, he wasn't equipped for, but he found that there were children in that, that, that were interested, but the school was not structured to support him so that he could teach the kids. Right. So we, we could look at, you know, education is by doing, actually. And that's why I got pissed when I saw Booker T. Washington and that Madam C.J. Walker Netflix special not given the props because that was his idea years ago. It's not that he didn't agree with Du Bois all the way of the talented 10, but he also wanted to give people hands-on experience because he knew once you knew how to do it, you can market it and make yourself self-sufficient. Yeah, because not everybody would have been part of the past talented 10. No, 2020 Vision Brother is bringing both men together who beefed right. and both ideologies together. I need my doctor, but my doctor needs a plumber. My doctor needs a construction worker to build his office, blueprints. And so you have the talented 10th coming together with those who drop their buckets where they may be. Both are needed. So it sounds like for us to really implement homeschooling after this crisis where it benefits the community and not necessarily, you know, the, the European structure of education. Um, it sounds like we need to be community minded. Right, right. Um, the, the, the European structure of education is not even working for Europeans. So I'm, I guess that gives me pause, man, because uh, as much as right now we're community driven, we're mm -hmm. thinking about community more because we're quarantined. Right. I don't know. I, I really feel like people are going to rush back to trying to be the regular way. Right. Not realize yeah. that it wasn't even good for us. Right, it's factual. I just don't think that there's gonna there's gonna be elements of the regular way, but there's gonna be this idea that we better be prepared again in case something happens. So let's keep certain things in place. We can seize the moment. Like I can say technically, since this is happening, I don't want my child to go back. Yeah. I don't want my other child to go back. I want to benefit from the technology you have. And I would tell, see, I've already done some of this, and I don't know if I'm giving away too many jewels that may, let me say this. 
what that administrator that, that, that sister did when I homeschooled her children is because she knew school law, education law, she went to the school district and they had to give her children passwords because there was already money allocated for her children. She kept them at home. But the, the, when I built, the reason why I knew certain websites and certain instructional tools is because she kind of taught me them when I started my business, but they were paid for by the school district. So her children were getting those instructional tools in 2011 when I started, 2012. They had access to all of that stuff, but they stayed home. So she was like, I don't want my sons to go. One of the things is that there was a teacher that she felt because her son was a young black boy, was she was being suppressed to um, institutionalize racism. So my daughter was okay, but I wasn't comfortable with my son being there. So she brought her son home and she said, you're hired. And I taught both of them and then word got out. There was a sister across the street. She brought her son in who was having problems. You see what I'm saying? So they're having problems are they being homeschooled through the whole day. So they literally left the structural, the, the normal way of educating and now they do nothing but their schooling through muck mud. Right. And there were other children that were in the school system but would come to see me after that. So here was the thing that I that I that I knew could happen. Now that we have technology, Zoom is the is a community. Right now I got children that I can access their information. Their parents have you know emails, Zoom. And three or four of us can be in doing the same math lesson. Or we could have gone on a trip, but now we're going to take the trip and we're going to follow up about this trip to whatever, you know, museum for Marcus Garvey or, you know, the the the, 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 um, the uh, um, Schaumburg. And we're going to build on that using whatever state standards they are for social studies because you don't even have to learn certain things. The standards give it a way that you can design what you want to teach mm. as long as you teach the skill. So if the skill is, uh, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to give you nuts and bolts. If the skill is they should be able to um, use, write a paragraph um, or, or five, they, they should be able to write, use researcher annotations to document a historical account um, and answer comprehension questions about that um, using citing evidence from the actual text. You probably heard this already with your children, stuff homework like this. You can teach anything as long as you use those skills. Wow. You can teach your children nothing but your history for two years, not even touching that other stuff using those skills, and then come back and say, you know what? I'm going to teach you the real truth about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. I'm going to tell you the real truth about them, though. <laughs> you know, you get, you give all of that as long as you teach the skills. Because when they go to college, it's the skills that they're going to be using. Because you know what college is? One professor says, this is actual fact. Another professor said, this is actual fact. When you get your degree, you care nothing about their actual fact. You build on what you know. But the challenge... A lot of parents is that well when I bring them to Hill House I don't have to pay money. Mm -hmm. 
bring them here, I got to pay money that I don't have. Right. You know, and, and that's really where we always hit the wall is the fact that we don't have, a lot of us don't have the funds to be able, or the, we don't have the time to do it ourselves. We don't mm-hmm. have the time to send them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. What do parents, how can we get around that challenge, which we know is going to happen? We do a budget. And that is, you know, you, you, you may be paying for, uh, you may be paying transportation. You may be paying for extra clothing. Look at your budget. And your budget will tell you what your priorities are. The other thing is, once we get strong and do start doing this, that we can go before a city council, board of aldermen, and say, you know what, we're not willing to pay for the miseducation of our children. We're not willing to pay for our children to become bullied. And we're not willing to pay for teachers who come from different places. And, you know, when we got community schools or we have this new system, we want our funds directed towards these uh, centers. We want, if, 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 if we're paying the teachers, we want you to pay the rent for these facilities. We want you to pay for the actual technology. This is the mindset that we should have. Like, it's not gonna come overnight, you know, but what's the end result for sacrificing your child's education? Man, listen, my um, parents were West Indian, you know, and they would, and, and, and so at one time I was embarrassed because my parents had accents and I was like, they'd come around. But at a certain point they would tell me, you, listen, you, you might be wearing a little sneaker that look a little different because I'd rather buy uh, a certain kind of book bag for you or a book. This is where my priorities are. So one of the things we're going to have to reframe in our community is our priorities and budget according to our priorities. You know, when we looked at it, like, you know, a lot of the people like Dr. Claude Anderson said that black people as a have purchasing power. Let's utilize that knowledge now to set up our own education system. The other thing is that when we get strong enough, we can come together as a body and we can tell city council and board of education, we, we want our funds directed. But we want to start. We don't ever want to get in a position like this again where the school system can't help itself and can't help us as well. Right. No doubt. Brother, I really appreciate you breaking this down, man. Um, I want to take clips and really put it up because I want people to understand, like, this isn't a sensationalized conversation. You know what I mean? You really have to start thinking about the future and thinking about practical ways, not just in education, but in other areas. I'm going to have Brother Red come on. Uh, right. We're going to talk about other areas. But with you, bro, we really need to be talking about education. We really need to be pushing people to look for a muck mud in their area. It might not be in their state. It might not be in their, even in their, you know, their, their area or their neighborhood. But one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that I, the issues that I have, you know, with those, those of us that have knowledge of ourselves and study consciousness is the ancestors have already given us the knowledge. They've already empowered us. What they were not able to do was put systems and um, they were not able to put into place those things that represented our self-sufficiency. So let's stop, stop talking about the knowledge now. Let's start putting it into practice. And one of the things that show how advanced we are and how empowered we are by the knowledge is what we produce. Let's start doing strategy. Exactly. 
Yeah. Let's start being about it. And we don't have to talk much. We already know what we got to do. Right. But let's do it. And it starts first. What I did, brother, is I told my wife, we just got a location. We're both educators. I'm a type of person that, you know, I, I, I have to get it. I have to see it in front of me. You know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, that, that, that let, let's, let's, let's set it up. In front of you, in front of you. I know you know to do that. Right. Like you can see it in front of you. Like you saw the location before you got right. right. You know, so, so, you know, see it in front of you, but, but also when we got the space, you know, we started inviting children into the space mm. with their parents. So one of the things is that we're afraid to take the first leap forward. There's a fear. And the fear comes from um, being afraid of change. But now we have changed. We have, we, 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 it, it, we already changed up. Before. So we're afraid of change. And that means that it's just, it's, it's not that we're not educating. It's different. Educate. It's a different way of educating. And it's a more up-to-date model. You know, and um, and I'm saying that this model in some communities have are has already been practiced because homeschooling. There are people that go to Yale that were homeschooled, Harvard that were homeschooled. I mean, um, you have some of these celebrities for years. They've been homeschooling their kids. And and so um, and uh, back in the day, I told people we had to homeschool because of laws of segregation. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? yeah. so now what we're doing is we're just taking it back to the community again, and we can. And the community is just not a physical location, but the community can be a tech, not technological location where we're being educated. So, can you? We're in contact, and uh, yeah, man, we really appreciate you joining us. I want to make sure people know where to find you. Right. So, um, what I find is that one of the easiest ways is through text or through call. You can call me uh, uh, Mud. My phone line is open from 8.30 uh, to 7.30 every evening. Uh, and that includes weekends because of the situation I've been feeling, fielding calls. One of the parents has asked me to do a mastermind group of parents strategizing with these ideas. Um, and um, we've been doing it by text. So you can text me, you can call me at 203-440. 5170. That's 230 440 You can also email me. Uh, that's muck.mud. That's M U C K dot M U D D at yahoo.com. That's muck.mud, M U C K dot M U D D at yahoo.com. You can also reach me at muck.mud at gmail.com. That's M U C K dot M U D D at gmail.com. I've had to get that because Google's aligned with a lot of the different um, entities. Um, right. The other thing is um, you can hit our website. Um, I know we have to update it a little bit. It's uh, muckmud.info. It's muckmud.info. There's a section on there is if you do an inquiry, you hit me, it'll be sent to an email. A lot of parents get, get us that way. Uh, the other way is um, through Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Mukmud LLC. Uh, we have a Facebook page, so you can also hit me on there, or you can get me directly on Facebook, Kevin Muhammad. All right, brother, we appreciate you, man. Let's keep Thank you, my brother. It's going. I want to definitely follow up. Um, 
once things start to start to open things back up. And I, I would love to see where we're at, you know, where right. has it been, have parents transitioned back. But I'm also here, brother, if parents, you know, just need information, you know, they're worried, you know, right now there's a achievement gap. I'm worried about that my child won't be ready for fourth or third grade. Yeah. That's what we that's that's what we're really helping with. You know, we could, you know, I have what is called a quick 10 to 15 minute consultation first time for all parents. And um, I'm willing to do that because there's so many parents uh, and lead them in, in, in the right direction. And then we can work on community, um, putting things together so we could service our community and make it affordable. No doubt. Um, no. All right, brother. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you, brother. All right, peace, King. Always peace. Peace, my brother. Peace.